Terminator 1 and 2, they are some of the best action films of all time. The third film was just alright, I think we can all agree. It was a perfectly capable action film that did not do anything better than the previous ones, but all in all, it closed off a pretty nice trilogy. Many people said, hey, it was good, we got some video games, we got some uh, action figures, a lot of stuff, move on. But what happens when you have this recognizable IP and Hollywood says, you know what? We can do a little bit more of that. And that's what happened. And in 2009, we got Terminator Salvation. Uh, this movie is quite the experience from the casting to Christian Bale to some infamous actions on behalf of the actor. We're going to be talking about the actual film and determining if it is worth watching in 2020 or not. And another exciting episode of A Cast of the Past with a brand new one available each and every Sunday with yours truly, Juan Velas from Puerto Rico. Joining me. We got the one and only back after two-week uh, preparation, let's call it, Ryan, because we have here Ryan McNulty. Ryan, how excited were you? This is a movie we had not really seen a lot, but we knew that it had this infamous uh, thing that it was just regarded to be a pretty bad film. How excited or concerned were you going into it? I was actually pretty excited for this movie and going into it, I was, I really wanted to see it in theaters. It's like, oh, you got Christian Bale. He's coming off of being Batman and the Dark Knight and all this. So you're excited to see his take on John Connor. Um, this was the movie before going see it that I, I rewatched the, you know, the entire trilogy um, to kind of catch myself up because I had only seen it like when I was younger and didn't like fully remember everything. So I got all hyped up to watch this movie by, you know, rewatching the series. And then, yeah, so I, I would say I was pretty hyped given, you know, the layout. And it's like, oh, wow, this is going to be a Terminator movie that takes place in that future that we've always gotten little sneak peeks of. 2018, as a matter of fact, Ryan. Yeah. The future. Yeah, it's already two and, years uh, past. Well, We're basically well, in the apocalypse now. It was just 2020. They were exactly. two years They just uh, needed to push early. the date two more years, and it would have made even even more sense. But from London, Ontario, uh, Keith Hamilton. Now, Keith, in your case, when when you look at the reviews of this film, statistically, it is regarded to be one of the worst ones. And, and we saw that before we actually watched it. Uh, was that something you took into before you saw it, or did you try to go in with a with a clean slate? Having never seen this movie before now, I came into it with very low expectations. Like Ryan had said, it was focusing on Judgment Day. Now, if you go back and listen to our previous episodes about the Terminator franchise, that has always been my least favorite part of those great movies. I thought it was just like a, a addition that really... Um, ruined the pace or did detrimental things to the pace of that movie. Then they have this whole movie planned around it. Now, back in the day, like Ryan, I was really excited for it because, well, it's an action movie based off of Terminator. That's one thing Terminator does great, action. And with Christian Bale coming off of the being Batman, like um, Ryan mentioned, The Dark Knight was a year before this. This is peak Christian Bale going into this beloved friend franchise there's no possible way they could screw it up well i was wrong and I this is a pretty wrong. big year because in 2009 so as ryan mentioned the year before uh, 2008 we got dark knight so to say that christian bell was hot right like he was the actor because he was the guy he, he was, was like leonardo dicaprio after titanic 
Pretty much. And then when you actually look at 2009, some films that came out include Avatar, uh, Watchmen, Zombieland, I Love You Man, totally unrelated to this film, but I love that comedy film, so I, I had to bring it up. But needless to say, pretty big year for films. And then when talking about Terminator, I don't think that this is a thing that people saw and went, yay. It must have been more like, why are we getting this? Because I think if we if we concluded the trilogy with like arguably the best film of the three, then maybe people would have been a little bit more excited. But the fact that, you know, we saw the previous uh, three, which you can actually check out all of those reviews available right now on the archive, whether it be on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash a cast of the past, or by subscribing to podcast apps, that's right there. But how was your enthusiasm level in the transition from the third film, which was lukewarm, it was average at best, to then transitioning over to this one? I mean, after Terminator 3, we were already on the downhill slope. So this was just kind of pulling off the brakes, going down that slope, and we're just going down faster and faster and faster. I saw Terminator 3 just before I saw Salvation. Like I said, I was catching up. I had seen the previous two, but I had never seen Terminator 3 until 2009. Um, Having watched Terminator 3 and, you know, the reception I had heard before also was, you know, it's just a lesser version of Terminator 2. So I was excited for Salvation because this was something completely different. It was trying to take a, put a new spin on the Terminator franchise, right? There's no time travel in this one. I mean, of course, time travel does play sort of a part in the logic of the movie, but this is the first movie that there's no actual time travel happening. Um, so it had a little bit of a different formula than any other movie. So you could see that they were, this was probably a response to the criticisms of Terminator three. And it's like, okay, we need to, we need to get more cash out of this cash cow, but we can't just go to the well, the same exact well that we did for Terminator three. So I could see their approach. And like I said, I was excited for a different take. It's just clearly it did not work out. Yeah. And, and the film is, uh, takes place in 2018 the actual film came out in 2009. So I thought that was actually a pretty interesting point that they could have gone, you know, extremes. They could have done like 2050 or something, but they chose a feature that's not too far enough. And I think it was maybe to make it be relatable. Something that people always talk about films is that if you make something that people cannot relate to, then they don't connect. So I think by going to 2018, it was less than a decade, uh, you know, after the the film actually came out, so they can connect they with really it. Really needed that for their robot future war movie, just strong connection. <laughs> Man, you know the the thing that uh, that immediately stuck out to me is that even though it's in 2018, from a film standpoint, this is a a black, gray, and brown film. Like when it comes yes. to the actual color palette, and when you talk about 2009, I feel like. 2007, 2009 had a lot of films like that, but then just to go and focus a little bit more on the actual story there is that things are not looking great. This is a, you know, we've made ties to Terminator and Dragon Ball Z. We might as well just go to the color scheme because I did want to talk about this. This is like peak, this is peak macho video game, give me all the gray and brown era. Like this was true, like PS3 color scheme like this is your call of duty ripoff i'm gonna be as gritty and gray and boring looking as possible yep and i think that 
really contributes to the dullness of this movie because you know if you look at you know images of the the future that they give you in Terminator 1 and 2 you know it is a bland kind of looking wor- world but there's some blue in there there's some purple in there you know there's a little bit more interesting color scheme but this is just the grayest movie ever without being a think, black and white movie <laughs> I think it's the true tr- I think the trickiest part of this is that if they had stayed into like modern times or done something more similar to the original movies, maybe that could have gone to pass. But as you mentioned, Ryan, this film departed in a lot of things. So it only takes place in the not too far future, right? For the the context of the film. So already there, you're sort of removing what we are used to with Terminator. The first three films are based on the present, right? So even though on a positive side, it's like, okay, they actually changed it. So we actually get to see the resistance trying to survive. Not only is the setting physically different, but then the actual tone and how the whole film is presented, it is this black and white tone that, that like, uh, I'm not the biggest Terminator fan, but I love the, the, the first two films. I was just like, some decisions were made here. And could you sort of see like... Uh, is this something that let's go back to 2009 if we watch this in in 09 uh, starting with keith because i know ryan actually had some some context there do you think you would think of this film differently then as opposed to now honestly i don't really think so just because everything from around that time um action movie wise was exactly this it was your gray color palette your browns and then everybody was macho with guns and then kind of uh like kind of just doing action guy things and if you look at this as a terminator movie like i think the one thing that this movie is really missing compared to all those other ones terminator 3 including was clear plot i think that is the thing that this movie lacks the most like yes the color sucks and it doesn't help the fact that it never really has its own identity like going into the movie in my opinion anyway there was no you don't really understand the purpose until the very end of it like it's just kind of john connor living his life doing john connor stuff going on missions until you get to the big mission at the end of the movie like they kind of start a couple of plot lines but they never really deliver on them and you're just kind of left to flip or fill yeah, in I, the gotta blanks. Say this. I gotta say this about john connor is this the easiest paycheck christian bell has ever gotten because he did shit in this movie <laughs> Like the whole time, I'm I like, mean, he's got he's got some action scenes, but but it's like towards the very end, though. And, and right. the whole time, I'm just like, damn, you're a Christian I Bale. Wanna, I want to give like we should at least give a, a a recap of what actually happens, and then we can get into the things that were supposed to happen because there is a myriad of things that went oh, yeah. wrong in the development yeah. of this movie That's that a good fundamentally idea. changed everything about this movie and it's probably a big reason why it sucks but in short you have uh the i think his name uh, what is it marcus is his name marcus right? right yeah marcus right 
it's pretty obvious from the beginning that this dude is going to be a robot because of the context that, you know, it opens up with him on death row, basically about to be executed. And he signs this thing from Cyberdyne Systems, which was the company that they blew up in Terminator 2 that was going to create Skynet, essentially. So, you know, it's related to robots immediately. There's no spoiler there. It's only halfway through the movie. It's revealed that he's supposed to be this Terminator or whatever. And he wants to go to Skynet to figure out what, you know, his purpose was or whatever. At the same time, John Connor is realizing he has to find Kyle Reese because that is his father. At this point, he's a teenager. So he has to ensure and protect Kyle Reese so that he can be sent back in time so that John Connor's existence isn't erased. And then the movie culminates by them going to a Skynet facility and the guy who's supposed to be a Terminator ends up doing a good thing and helping John Connor and Kyle Reese is safe. And there's a whole bunch of meaningless action in between there's your movie so that's the movie that we actually got i think that before we even keep going uh usually um we try to leave like the the facts you know the the really interesting stuff towards the end of the episode of just like the the developmental part but i think it's integral to to the discussion of this movie though Yeah, yeah like um i don't mean to justify this being a good or bad film like before we get to that if you could describe this film in one word, just so we all know where we're coming from, which word would that be for you? Bland. Emotionless. I'm actually going to go with Keith on that, which kind of ties in with, with emotionless. So it's a film that is very gritty, monotone, tone deaf, neutral. You could tell that somebody said, we got to have a film come out, so let's put something out. And for context... This was going to be the initial part of a trilogy, which did not happen. Even though we got two other Terminator films afterwards. I mean, slowly, yeah, we got there. (laughs) Yeah, no, but even then, uh, from a production standpoint, this movie is non-canon. So they've they've since corrected this. This is like the X Men Three of the Terminator films. So we watched non-canon. Because there's I, now I don't know. Apparently, Ryan, you know the entire canon. From what I understand. This movie is the final movie in the original timeline of Terminator movies. So we've got Terminator 1 all the way to Salvation. All the movies we cover after this ignore at least, you know, one other movie. Um, in fact, and is they that other movie Salvation? <laughs> yeah, every, <laughs> every movie after this does ignore Salvation. But some of them also ignored Terminator 2. So, they're, you know, it gets it gets wild. Yeah, even a lot of people, I'm looking up forum threats and all that, and there's just this big debate of where this one fits in there. But so we agree. Who Kind of not a great film. Yeah. Yeah. So now let's go what would happen. 2009, the year before, uh, 2007, 2008, we had the Writers, uh, the Writers Guild of America strike happen. This affected a bunch of stuff. Like, I was watching Heroes around this time, I think it was. Like, a ton of TV shows, a ton of movies got affected. So, we got, like, a lot of unfinished stuff or movies and and, and TV shows that really didn't make sense. And it was because the initial writers maybe left something that was a little bit hanging because of that strike. Uh, Some of the stuff included here is that even Christian Bale, who has gone on record and said, like, he hates 
the idea that he worked on this film. Uh, he has, I mean, people know that Christian Bell, passionate actor. He does not hide the things he likes and the things he doesn't like. And uh, he mentioned that uh, Salvation ended up being hurt by an unfortunate series of events. The screenwriter started to work on the script, which Bale called a wonderful version, but had to abruptly leave the project because of, a, of another commitment. Apparently, another uh, writer was supposed to step in, and that's like, I guess, the equivalent to like a Snyder Cut. And that version of the script never made it out to the final film. As a matter of fact, this film, to make it even worse, it had multiple different endings. And one of them actually made it to like the first, uh, the first screening of the film. The plot was much different in earlier drafts of the screenplay. This is according to moviephone.com, with Connor himself not, a, not appearing until late in the film. Uh, Christian Bell was initially approached to play Marcus Wright, but after he expressed more interest in the John Connor role, the story was altered to focus more heavily on him. So let's just consider the fact that he played a role he was not initially cast for. And I think based on the events, it is a little noticeable, right? Yeah. I mean, because John Connor doesn't even really have a character arc in this movie, yet he that's why it feels like he's just kind of there doing stuff. But, you know, in the end, his motivation's about Kyle Reese. But early on, yeah, he's just kind of doing his thing and doesn't really have a focus. Yeah, because even then, the main focus around Kyle Reese still falls with Marcus, Sam Worthington's character. And then John Connor's just kind of there for most of the movie. And then here's here's the, the actual ending uh, that was supposed to be the... It didn't make the final cut, but it was supposed to be the one. Uh, elite early draft of the screenplay featured a very different ending. Rather than Marcus sacrificing his life and giving John his cybernetic heart, that version, uh, that version ended with John dying and their assistants transplanting his skin onto Marcus's body, allowing Marcus to trick the world into believing the leader of the resistance was still alive. So a bit different, right, than what we got. Yeah, that still sounds kind of dumb. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. It's not the greatest thing in the world. And I'm not sure if you have it on here. But I also believe that there was another issue with the film, which was it leaked early that um, Sam Worthington's character, there was a script leak. And people found out that Sam Worthington's character was a robot or like a Terminator. Because that was actually, I believe, supposed to be a surprise, right? Um, yeah. That's why it feels kind of weird when they have that midpoint reveal of him being a Terminator. Because when the trailers came out, they showed that scene of him being a Terminator. Like with him all like chained up with his like, you could see the yeah, robot parts that. and stuff. Yeah, that was in the trailer um, because I believe there was a script leak. Because it makes sense to, you know, likely, you know, they probably had to recut the film in a way because it seems possible that the movie was built around that being a big reveal and obviously the death row scene at the beginning was maybe meant to be for much later in the film but then because of the leak that they just opened with it instead so there, there's a whole like on top of everything we just said there's that as well so just this movie was jinxed to hell from the beginning very unfortunately so and for for some follow-up i've been doing a little bit of research here as a result of this film, it's not that this one is non-canon, it's that it was so poorly received that they kind of rewrote some stuff to carry on forward from the other one. So uh, whether you agree or not, 
the results of this film sort of made them go like, oh crap, we gotta, we gotta change things up a little bit. So then getting to the actual movie, which I don't think it's nearly as fascinating to talk about than the, the production side, right? Uh, mm-hmm. The main character that we see for the most for the most part is Marcus, uh, who, as Ryan mentioned, is uh, is also part Terminator and all of that. But we don't see that initially in the film. I thought that he was not a great character to start things off with because you already have a futuristic post post apocalyptic world. It's already very monotone and the color scheme is very dry. But then you have this character who is also dry. So it's like a lot of the same things happening at the very same time. What did you think about that, where they really did go all in on one specific tone for the entire film? Like, maybe this was a me problem, but for the first bit of that movie, like, I could not tell the difference between Christian Bale and Sam Worthington. Like, I, it took me a while to realize that it was two different characters, just because, like, they yeah, look maybe he should very have had similar. This, they both shouldn't have had the same, like, military haircut. Yeah, not the same military haircut, not the same scruff. Like, they were very similar to a point that, um, it, it, there was that scene early on in the movie where like he inexplicably he being marcus is like naked covered in mud screaming in the air i thought that was i thought that was christian bale john connor i'm like why why did he get naked waiting for extraction i don't understand it because it's very believable it's very believable that christian bale would do something like that exactly (laughs) yeah just to get that drama in the movie totally agree that both characters super bland and then i actually thought kyle reese was probably the highlight of if you could give a highlight to the movie his character was probably the most interesting the most fun and then he just like screwed off for the last third of the movie they just put him in they literally put him in a box and you don't see him for like the last hour of the movie until like the very end and then somewhere in the middle there, here's a weird Terminator love story where you yeah. want to feel bad for the machine man because, well, he's helping people, but they just see the machine. And boy, did that feel out of place. I feel like this movie also has a lot of similarities to me with The Matrix, especially with like the way the resistance is handled. I feel it's this movie is not too far from the way that Matrix handles a lot of stuff where it is people trying to fight for to, to survive uh, the machines and all of that stuff. And then you have this team. But the thing that I found most surprising is that John Connor and Kyle Reese are both characters that we grew up with, right? Even if we didn't watch these films, like they are part of movie history. Yet Christian Bell is an actor who the year before is freaking Bruce Wayne. I thought he was incredibly like, it was hard to like him. I dislike the character. I know who John Connor is. I know the significance in, in the movie's history and where he is in that. Yet the whole time I'm like, why why is he like an asshole? Like the way he talks, like why is he yelling? Oh, there's just so much yelling. I, I think it's just because we couldn't we couldn't simp well, I, I don't want to say sympathize, but we didn't really understand like his I mean, we knew by the end his motivation, but I, I guess there just wasn't enough relatability to him or just really seeing where he's coming from other like that's the thing this movie does not bring anything really new to the table you know it gives us everything we already kind of understand is okay 
John Connor has to send Kyle Reese back in time and nothing there's nothing here that fundamentally changes it. At the very least, I'll give Terminator 3 credit for, you know, Judgment Day was delayed, so it like shifted the whole game up, right? But mm-hmm. Salvation is basically just doing exactly what we already understood happened in the future. The only difference here is literally Sam Worthington's character, but really at the end, it it doesn't play any big impact from anything else that we know. It's kind of just like a reset button at the end of the movie and we're back to everything we understood happened anyway. It doesn't Mm -hmm. add anything new to the lore. It doesn't change anything we understood from before. It is basically just a telling of something that we didn't even really need to know. Yeah, and even in the ways that they did try to take like liberties, I think those were misses as well because for the first three movies, you're being told that John Connor is the leader of the resistance. Well, he spends half this movie as, you know, the soldier that's going up against high command trying to do what's right but you know there's sacrifices in war john connor and you have to be able to make it like basically your textbook cookie cutter commander from every single military movie mm-hmm. that's ever been made yeah like they they that was the one thing that they took a creative liberty on i guess try to make trying to make the character of john connor more likable and relatable and actually have some sort of struggle in the movie yeah but at the same time, it was missed because that was one of the coolest parts of the established lore. Well, interestingly, this. interestingly um, one of the few contributions I believe that James Cameron uh, had with this movie when they basically like picked his brain for like any things that, you know, that they should include is he did say that john connor should be like sort of a rebel in the ranks and as that kind of leader for the resistance so that was actually one of the things and i think james cameron was wrong i know it's my my or my word versus james cameron but it just goes against yeah what does he (laughs) know it just goes against everything that they'd built on the terminator lore up until that point like i mean i guess he gets there at the end of it because they just blow up the entire command. But still, you've been told all this time that like John Connor is this badass leader of the resistance. And when you finally go forward in time and show us this judgment day, well, he's not actually, even though he was the dude in the bunker at the end of three, there was a dude, there were people that ended up above him. Like it seemed kind of weird. And and I think the biggest thing that really affected me is that, The first two films, I remember the thing we spent the most time on talking about wasn't even the action scenes. It was the relationship between all the characters. The fact that they are traveling around, but it is this this world that is alive. Terminator 3 changed that a little bit, but we just got off Terminator 2. You know, even though it happened many years before, it's like, I think we were let, we were willing to like, let some things go and say like, okay, a bit of a tonal shift, but Terminator 2 is right back there. Now we are two films removed from Terminator 2. And I feel like this whole film, I was wondering, who am I supposed to care about? And the, mm-hmm. the character they chose is Marcus. That's the hill they chose to die on, really. And then they try to at multiple points establish this whole thing of like, well, he's part man, he's part machine. And then, you know, he tries to have this weird relationship and then she tries to break him out at this point. 
but I feel like it was it was way too late into the film. I feel like if this was a character I cared about initially, then maybe I would have felt different. But the fact that that's the hill they chose to die on, and then it is somebody that at the end of the day, I don't know if it's Sam Worthington, if it was directing, uh, the, the, the lack of direction or something, but it just felt like I, I didn't like any of these people. I would want them to survive, right? Like we've seen, once again, like Matrix, not necessarily the first one, but when we look at the other ones, it's like, hey, the world's messed up. But then what happens between you try to at least care about some of the relationships that are happening. But here, did you really feel that anybody here, you wanted them to survive? You're like, oh man, you're awesome. I like you. I, I couldn't give a damn if any of these people died. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. for sure. It's true. Let, let me run the analogy that I landed on by you guys and get your opinions on it. So Terminator 2 is like an onion, Okay, you have this full onion that is action, it is character development, and it is humor. It is kind of this, that's what make up the great movie that Terminator 2 is. Beautiful images on the video version of Onions. Exactly, great Onions, best I've ever seen. And then you get to Terminator 3. Well, now you've peeled away a layer from that onion where you've removed the character development, and all you've got left is this movie that is action and humor. If you put the two together, it doesn't really hit the mark. And then you get to Terminator Salvation, and now all of a sudden you've peeled another layer away from the onion that is this great movie that is Terminator 2, and all you've got is action left. When you don't have the character development and you don't have the humor that's made the other two Terminator movies as great as they are, then you're just left with this bland action movie, and that's what they were with Salvation. Yeah, totally agree. I mean... I could not give a damn about any of the action. The effects, for all they're worth, look still hold up to this day. I don't hey, think the Terminators yeah. look cool. Yeah, those are I cool think, machines. Yeah, I don't think any of the effects looked bad, but I could not give a damn what was happening on screen. I was bored. It was, you know, this movie is like wall to wall action almost the whole time, and I was so bored this entire movie. I just the thing could is, not care. The Terminators were lame because this whole time, like, let's not forget the lead up to the what we've seen of Terminators in the first three films is like, if you see one, you freaking run your ass out the door, right? That's what we've been used to. In this film, they actually do justify, hey, these are older models, like the T-600, 800, something like that. But as somebody watching the film, that is freaking lame. That is such a cheap excuse that we've watched three freaking films that one Terminator, one of them, is enough to make you run away. Yet in this one, it's like, oh, there's one, like, what's the, 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 first, the, the first scene we see with a Terminator? Oh, we just take him out with a, with a minigun. It's like, if anything, that is the, the opposite of the tone that you want to set, right? That to me was so, it was like murdering the, the history of the Terminator films because Throughout the film, we see like, oh, it's a lot of older models. That's just a cheap way of, it's like Superman. Like Superman in video games, Superman in a lot of things. It's like, well, he's too strong, so you got to put some kryptonite. Here, the kryptonite was, oh my goodness, they happen to be older models. So that's why they don't run as well. That's why they're not as fancy. What was your take on that? Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. The there w- Things didn't feel like as much of a threat in terms of the Terminators themselves. So by the time you got CGI CGI Arnold, it's like, 
whatever oh god you know, the first yeah because i mean it is like oh here we go here's the first like t800 you know it's coming out now or whatever but <laughs> it's oh god. yeah i agreed like and there wasn't like a central enemy like we know skynet's the enemy but you know we're used to uh okay you got arnold the terminator as the villain in the first one then you got uh, the T-1000 and then you get the Terminatrix or whatever. So this was actually another movie where it's like you didn't have that one evil Terminator. You know, you had a bunch of kind of like normal Terminators. You got these big ass robots. Uh, you just get Skynet just as like a concept, I guess. And then you got Naked Arnold at the end. Yeah, I mean, really, they painted themselves into a corner with the plot of the movie. Because if you're going to do a movie about the man versus machine war, if they were all as strong as the Terminator uh, antagonists from the previous movies, well, then man wouldn't have a chance and they would have been killed long before 2018 future. So they're kind of stuck with that, using excuses like older models. And it really did dampen the big reveal at the end of the movie because they've spent the entire movie killing Terminators. So guess what? You have one more Terminator. Sure, it is in the form of young, naked Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> but it is still a Terminator. Like, it was a little stronger than the others, but you're, it's just a bigger version of the thing you've killed the entire movie. And it was yeah. it was disappointing. And that's Once the, the initial, like, laugh factor wore off, because when they beat down that door and here's young, naked Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> oh, yeah. I was just like, oh my god, this is the hokeyish shit they could have done like yeah of course you got you gotta fit arnold in somewhere i guess it's a terminator movie and it's not even actually why? him like he did not want to really be involved too much in the film so they had to completely digitize him which was very unfortunate for a series that i mean he is synonymous with yeah i mean that's one of the early times i remember seeing a movie do that um you know now you see disney do it every half second of like cgiing someone's face i don't know how often that had been done previously but the other point i wanted to make is you know skynet in terminator one and two like as this kind of looming threat is like very fascinating but then when you actually have a movie where like Skynet is the villain, it's not as interesting because it's just like a computer system. You know, it's it's not as big of a threat when you're facing it. Um, so it, it just doesn't have the same impact as like the idea of it in the future being a threat when you actually have to make a movie about it mm -hmm. being the big bad it's expectation just not, versus reality yeah it's much better as just like a concept in the future but you never really have to make a movie about it and i think the biggest challenge that, the, that this movie had is that you know obviously we got to see what we got to see on on the big screen but i think that they were probably doomed regardless because once again it's like okay Let's say they didn't do a movie about the future. I mean, the, the third movie gave us no option but that because of the way that it ended, right? So they were just forced to do something that is apocalyptic. Uh, even if they didn't do that, it's like we already got the whole road to build the importance of the Terminators and the Resistance and Kyle and John and all of these stories. So realistically, if not this, what would have been the story they could have told? 
Uh, obviously, uh, they did some stuff with future films. So, like, I am curious to see what's going to be happening. I am concerned, though, because for context, like, I'm not one to really care too much about uh, movie reviews and all that. But uh, the third film, at least on Rotten Tomatoes, got a 69%, so nice. Um, uh, Salvation got 33%, but then Genesis, which came out in 2015, got 27%. Oh, which no. I am scared because that means oh, that no, that it gets movie, worse. Like, I, uh, I, I really, so I can't possibly think, okay, so maybe, <laughs> I mean, we'll get to Genesis, right? Yeah, That's we're going to get to that one. on this show, people. Don't worry. Man, but we what can, I'm saying is. We can pull the plug, you guys. We no, don't need no. to do this. But one interesting aspect, right? None of us have seen Genesis, correct? Nope. Correct. Okay. So that this will be interesting because you know I had, I was I the only one who had seen Salvation. Yeah, I believe so. This? Okay. All right. So this will be interesting because none of us have seen this movie, but I'm shocked. Like <laughs> nice pictures <laughs> while I'm putting up of a Sega Genesis, um, but yeah, how could it? I, I feel like even if it is like technically a worse movie. I think I'm going to be more entertained with Terminator Genesis than I am with Salvation because I can't possibly imagine being more bored than I was during this movie. Okay, that There's clip. There's no way. Keith, that clip right there. That's the clip that when we do the next episode, Ryan's words, he's either going to eat them or he's going to be right. Clip it yeah. and ship it. Exactly. <laughs> um. I think that uh, if there's the the final thing I can maybe talk about this movie is when you peel that onion that Keith so beautifully uh, brought up, sometimes you don't want to see what's in the core of that. And I think this is what happens when you always talk about the future with a lot of films. They talk about that, right? But that is far away and, and you get to visualize it. But this movie, they just flat out showed you. And guess what? It's dull and boring. And I feel like... It is damaging because, sure, we have the original films, but let's not forget, I didn't mean to show the Sega Genesis again, uh, <laughs> we still have the original films, right? And those are there. But then you actually get to see what they've been talking about, and what they were talking about kind of sucks. Maybe that changes with yeah, uh, not Genesis. I could have uh, told you that in Terminator 1. Yes. I and and also that yeah that's a good where point. Where were my skulls and where were my laser guns? Exactly, man. The thing Wait, I see, read about lasers that, make everything better. Their explanation as to why the future didn't look like it did in the other two movies is because they were like, oh, Terminator Three changed up the future, so they used that as an excuse to make it like salvation look however they wanted it to look which was a knockoff call of duty ps3 game (laughs) yeah it was a coppa well because you know they designed that future in the 80s and they're like should we make it still look like it's 80s future or should we make it look like you know 20 2009's version of the future and then, with the 80s future. The, the sad <laughs> part is, you know, we've talked about Spider-Man 3, which uh, many people have said, like, bad movie. But even there, there comes a point that you can laugh at it is so bad it's good. Is and there hey, anything... at least 40% of Spider-Man 3 is a great movie. Yeah, the movie. first half was actually damn good. It's yeah. actually damn good. Here, 100% of it is dull and boring, but within that, 
if you peel that onion, <laughs> is there anything positive? Like, give me something. If you peel that yeah. onion, you're going to start crying. And that's how we all felt about Terminator Salvation. Is there anything, yeah. though? Like, give, give me something, Ryan. Give me something positive. Give me some of that power of positivity with uh, Salvation. Save me, man. I was going to say, there's, you know, it's called Terminator Salvation, but there's nothing like, there's nothing you could salvage from this movie, (laughs) really. I will, I have one positive to give it. I I thought long and hard about it and found one. At least at the end, when you have the final fight scene, even though, yeah, you have credits and then it's great. But even though they were in a foundry that looked very, very similar to T2, that final fight scene of the Terminator versus Marcus and John really felt like a Terminator movie. Like, that's when you finally felt the core of the unstoppable killing machine trying to fight it. And it was kind of cool that they did the whole, like, molten lava trick and it didn't work. And then they did the freezing and it didn't work. Like, that was that was kind of cool. You actually had a neat Terminator like feel to that and then the rest of the movie happened before and after of it and there is no salvation around there but maybe the genesis is going to be a little bit better and if not please entertain us like i i don't think the conversation about the next one is going to be is it bad or good just yeah. entertain me if genesis or genesis doesn't do it then we're all doomed to a dark fate also ooh. Ooh, also i like the nice touch of the the scar you want to know how i got this scar they had the the claw scratch his face because in terminator 2 when they show the future john connor he has like a scar going down his eye so they were trying to uh to replicate that but yeah kyle reese was decent should have been in the movie more other than that it's bland action the effects don't look bad i'll give them that the effects don't look bad it looked like a very expensive movie, but not a very good one. And and I think it's telling that we've spent over 30 minutes talking about this and Kyle Reese has barely been brought up at all, right? Because it's just difficult. I feel like every time they tried to do something, uh, it turns out it was just mediocre or not, or not great. I think they, they tried to do too much, or dare I say, maybe the biggest challenge was they didn't really plan on having Christian Bale be involved too much. And you could see that in the first half of the film. Like, uh, I forget which other films we've talked about where it almost feels like you could easily replace those clips that Christian Bell was speaking into other people with anything else. And the other scenes would not change all that much. Maybe they, they got him, realize, okay, he needs, to, he needs a lot more screen time. And that's where a character like Kyle Reese, the first half of the film, super prevalent, involved but then conveniently disappears. And to me, he was the only character that I really cared about. He was the only one that I'm like, okay, we got something going on. So I think it's just very unfortunate yeah. that that happened. Uh, then, do you think from a curiosity or, or painful context, uh, should somebody that has seen the other films actually watch this one? Before mm. b- before I get into that, I mean, we're going to all say no, I think, but <laughs> before, spoilers, before we get into that, I, I do want to bring up something that I meant to bring up earlier was, so S- Sam Worthington's character is supposed to be a Terminator or whatever, 
And that was the thing is like you never felt that the entire movie. It never felt like he was struggling with the fact that like, you know, it was either the man part of him versus the machine. Like there was no conflict, I felt like. And then at the end, they're just like, yeah, you're an infiltration robot and you did amazingly. And you're just like, it just felt so cheap. You're just like, oh, they okay. didn't earn that reveal. Yeah. At all. Yeah. It was just like, oh, thanks. Like, cool. You know, beautiful. You did your job, which was like, yeah, I just thought that was the stupidest thing. It's like, it would have been way more interesting if like, you had some Android 16 stuff going on, like DVZ style, where he was supposed to kill Goku, but then he comes around and he ends up helping him. That would have been a way better story to tell than this like stupid infiltration robot. But back to what you said, don't see this movie. There's no reason to see it. If you're a diehard Terminator fan, then you've probably already watched it and have no reason to ever see it again. It's just a boring movie, and even it's not even a so bad it's good. It's just so bad it's bad. Yeah, there's just nothing redeeming about it. Take the time that you would spend on this movie and just go watch Terminator 2 again. You'll become a bigger Terminator fan for it. Pretty much. I think that um, it's very it's very sad that, you know, we got this, and then you can also talk about X-Men 3, where some movies come out that are so bad the actual production companies have to do something to devalue that film, right? When you look, when you look at X-Men 3, the films that came afterwards, they, they flat out did them so they would undo that film. So it becomes completely irrelevant in that. Yeah. Uh, whether you talk about this film being canon or not, the fact that the ones that came out afterwards apparently tried to do some damage control to the point that this film is probably not relevant. We watched I mean, it now. It didn't it's matter still not anyway. relevant to me. Yeah. Even if it was, even if it is canon, which if you look at, there's three freaking Terminator timelines. Wh- whoopee. Even if it is canon, like I said, it doesn't, it never added anything to the story. So it doesn't change anything anyway, whether it's canon or not. The, the history of the Terminator, like except for Marcus Wright's character, which who cares? At the end, you rip his heart out and you give it to John Connor anyway. So it's not like he has any lasting value. <laughs> like, that's it. There's no, nothing was added to the lore. Oh. So one more positive. The heart punch from Naked Arnie to Marcus oh, was ooh. the yeah. coolest it, thing. That was like a... Uh, <laughs> they did like what a, a Mortal Kombat fatality with that Pretty effect much. or whatever. Pretty much, as uh, Keith mentioned there. But people, uh, for better or worse, that was our look. I'm not even going to call this a review. We <laughs> witnessed Terminator Salvation and are here to share our, our very painful experiences with it. Uh, so, everybody else watching and listening, Please let us know if you watch this, the film. What do you think about it? Uh, you can join our Discord channel over at acastofthepast.com slash Discord. Remember, we put out a brand new episode each and every Sunday. And if you like uh, these episodes, you can leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, even on Facebook. You can leave reviews. Uh, you can share our clips and all of that good stuff. And I think the, the curious question for me would be, uh, X-Men 3, Salvation, which other... Uh, which other film in a timeline of in a variety of films has done a damage like this? I'm trying to think of other ones. It's like, hey, you know, we got three to six films, but this one was so bad 
that the production companies had to actually scramble to be like, how do we undo the stupid damage that somebody did? Because I, mean, I think it's fascinating to see. I mean, do the um, the Friday the 13th movies count where eventually they just pulled the plug and said, <laughs> screw it, send Jason to space. It's the only way to get out of this. I mean, it took them how many films to get to that, though? Like seven, six? I forget. It was a lot. Yeah, I think there's... I, yeah, I'd be curious. That would be a good topic to discuss about if there are any other movie sequels basically erased from the canon because they're so bad. I feel like there's some off the top of my head, but I I can't even... The worst part, Ryan, that. is that you you added the video version. As you edit it, it's going to come to mind, but we already recorded the episode and it's mm-hmm. far too late, man. Are you going to put up with that? Oh, yes. Uh I am going to put up with that. I'm going to have to. <laughs> you got no choice, man. Yeah, everybody, yeah. Uh, thank you so much. That was once again our discussion of uh, Terminator Salvation. And up until next time, we will be back with another episode of a cast. To the past. Come Guys, with me if you want to live. It's time for us to get ready for the genesis of McGillicuddy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wow. (laughs) It makes me so mad that you've been holding on to that that entire episode. (laughs) It it came midway through, I thought. Midway through.